chance to look at it through other people's eyes. Take some time and reflect on what you believe in your soul. Cause that is the key to life. You gotta let the negativity go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to What the Fox Podcast. This is Lindsay Fox and Amber Ross. And today we are going to kick off with a fun discussion that people don't really like to have. Um, Imagine that. I say fun, right? Because it's us. And I think we will have fun talking about this. We're going to go down memory lane a little bit uh, today because ultimately what we were talking about prior to pressing record today was uh, (laughs) about comparison and essentially how comparison and how we often live our lives by comparing ourselves to others and how it's about standing out, but also wanting to be like the person next to you. Like there's a competition element going on. Always Um, and forever, my friend. Yeah, it's like you want to fit in, but stand out, fit in, but stand out. There's just such a paradox going on. Well, and it's, you know, we always come back to this. Society has trained us to believe that we need to both fit in and stand out simultaneously, which is, um, friend, physically impossible because kind we're of all like perfectionism. <laughs> oh, yeah, that word. Oh, it came in early this episode. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of like that. Yeah, because I definitely think they coincide. But um, yeah. yeah, today we were wanting to talk about, especially with it being February. I mean, when you think about Valentine's Day, or at least when I think about Valentine's Day, I feel like there is so much pressure put on people mm-hmm. in terms of like, what that day or that week or the weekend is supposed to look like, what we expect of our spouse or our family. Um, And then when you have our curated social media accounts and everyone posting everything that they received, um, there's just a lot of comparison going on. It feels very competitive. Um, Mm, It also feels really depressing for those of us who don't play with the reindeer games, like don't get invited into that. that, (laughs) Like, it's like, what, what the hell is this? I mean, so again, with like the comparison and competition, I think it's very real, but with that also comes other emotions like envy and jealousy. And this is actually, can we, can we talk for a minute about how often we throw, like, I'm so jealous. Like it's a good thing. Like, I can't tell you. And it, it comes to my mind too. I'm not throwing stones. This happens all, more often than I'd like yeah. to admit, but someone will say, oh, you know, I did X, Y, Z this weekend. And I'll say out loud, oh, I'm so jealous that you had that opportunity or jealous that you got to do that. Mm-hmm. And I typically mean it good heartedly. You know, I'm not wishing any ill will on anyone, or I'm not mad that yeah. I didn't actually do whatever they did, but it's not actually jealousy I'm feeling, right? So Lindsay, you've corrected me more than once that yeah, it's, it's envy. envy. Yeah. It's envy. And and but, but that doesn't I think, feel good. <laughs> right. But let's talk about that. It doesn't feel good because society says envy is one of the seven deadly sins. We're not yeah. supposed to feel that way. And so if we can kind of just like laugh it off and kind of like, oh, I'm so jealous of you. That's so cute. Or you had so much fun. What we're actually saying is I am envious. Yeah. Envy your experience or whatever's going on, um, which kind of brought Amber and I to this <laughs> space. <laughs> okay. It goes full circle. Let so me just preface. You... Let me just okay. preface about, we want to talk about how we met. Amber and I want to talk about how we met because it's kind of important for our audience to understand, like, we haven't always had this friendship. 
we haven't always like connected in the way that we do now. That's a very mild way to put it, Lindsay. (laughs) I mean, okay, why don't you shoot the shit and get it straight then? (laughs) I will do so. Thank you very much. So uh, the audience already has heard we met in high school. We met through my now husband, Eric. Um, And initially, Lindsay, when I met you, I was, I'm the, I was jealous. I was very uncomfortable. I was all of a sudden meeting this like blonde bombshell who's tall and just vibrates such a good energy and like all of this sunshine who is best friends with my now boyfriend. And I was like stunned. And it was one of those moments because at that point in my life, I was incredibly insecure. I was incredibly uncomfortable in my skin. I was dealing with emotional trauma in my head that I hadn't shared with anyone. I was like, I had my own personal battles in my heart and in my mind and in my world. And I saw you as an imminent threat that I was like, oh my gosh, I finally met this great guy. He's got this great friend. And there's no way that like the three of us can coincide. Like who's this bitch? And I said, that's me, that's me. I'm that bitch. And I, uh, I plan to stay his friend for all intents and purposes. So, you know, Eric, what's going on with this girl over here? Yeah, like, hey, so, boo, what's her problem? Why no, is she so? So I actually met her husband when I was in sixth grade, I'm pretty sure. He was like my first friend when I moved to where I moved in North Carolina at the time. And so we had been long standing friends for like a while. And then for reference, Amber... I met Eric in <laughs> what? Senior year of high school. So yes, I, I did come in and break up a longstanding friendship because of my own insecurities and issues. I am not proud of this. I am very grateful that Lindsay allowed me back in her life after the way I acted as a, um, well, I wasn't ever actually in your life. I mean, that was the whole thing. I was never invited to be in your life. And so we, Amber and I actually never got to know one another because frankly, there was just like that, that low vibration energy around us of like, no, you can't, you can't enter this, this space. Um, and so it, it is true. Eric and I just kind of had like, it was never a falling out. There's never bad blood. It was just like, okay, I see what's going on here. And I'm gonna let you do like, you boo. <laughs> I'm going to take a step back. Cause she seems a little crazy. Like I get it. It's fine. But I would also <laughs> like to call in the fact that I think sometimes the universe allows situations like that because they're necessary for growth. Like had you and I attempted to become friends in high school, we I have. do not. Yeah, we wouldn't have. There would have, there would have Just been to be no clear, We wouldn't have. We had nothing in common. Nothing in common. No shared experience. Except for Eric. Yeah. Well, and except for like our own individual trauma storms in our heads, right? Like. Sure. Yeah. We, we were both working through things, our own shit. Absolutely. Right? Like every other teenager is in the world. Um, but I, I do mean, think, hi- go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, high school, high school is in and of itself is hard because we're going through a lot of our own. It's, it's a, you know, peak time for identity development. We're figuring out what our morals are, what our values are, um, where we place meaning in yeah. our life um, and what kind of people we want to connect to. But again, when we think about comparing and, com- and like the art of comparison, but then you mix it in with competition, you're just trying to figure out your way in the world. And um, I think, you know, 
I, there is something I want to just take a, a quick moment to sort of like define you yeah. know, when we think about envy versus jealousy. I love the way that this is articulated in Brene Brown's new book, but she um, defines, she says, envy occurs when we want something that another person has. And jealousy is when we fear losing a relationship or a valued part of a relationship that we already have. Mm -hmm. So when we reflect on kind of like how we met, um, when Amber, you know, casually now, at least today, right after we've gone through our own growth process, yes. when you talk about jealousy, it's really, you know, there was, it was a perceived, there was a perceived threat of like, yes. I'm going to lose this amazing person in my life. Um, you know, with this relationship that I've already got established now, this is a, this is a threat. So let me, you know, mitigate the risk. Yeah. <laughs> and I think in my head, you know, you're, you are not developed as a teenager, right? Your brain is not fully functional. Yeah. You're trying to sort all the emotions out. You're trying to do all the things. So in my mind, I can remember thinking, I, there's no way that Lindsay and Eric can just be friends and can only be friends and for my position in his life to not be threatened. And for me, that meant, okay, well, like not actively saying, Eric, you can't hang out with Lindsay, but making it really uncomfortable for like that relationship to exist. And yeah. I'm not like, I'm in no way, shape or form saying like that was the right way to act or that like, I'm dismissing that at all because Lindsay and I've made amends. Um, but the premise still stands that we do these things in daily life mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Not As just adults, high school, <laughs> not just high school friends. We're still dealing with yeah, it. <laughs> that's right. And well, a big part of that is the fact that social, the social comparison aspect, it falls to the wayside in terms mm. of our sense of awareness. I don't actually think there's many people that haven't, um, an active sense of awareness of when they are comparing themselves. Um, you know, yes, we look at social media. That's a very, you know, in your face example of when we are constantly comparing ourselves, but are sure. we like, do we have the conscious awareness that that's what we're doing? And that's why we might be feeling some kind of a way after we, you know, do the thing. Um, right. And, and so ultimately I think it's just, I think it is important in this conversation to just highlight the fact that uh, these social comparisons can do harm to ourselves and others. Yes. And, and if we don't take notice of that and we don't like catalog that feeling, yeah. I, I mm -hmm. always talk with people about take a moment to analyze how you feel after an activity or after an interaction or after, you know, scrolling on social media. Oh yeah. If you're feeling drained, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling envious or jealous, mm -hmm. like that's something to dig into and do some hard work on what's going on in your brain and your heart so that you don't cause yourself or other people damage. And so often we just go through the motions and we're like, oh, it's normal to be jealous. Like that's fine. It's socially acceptable no big deal, nothing to work on here. And I think there's definitely stuff to work on there. Yeah, sure. And, and just like with everything, you know, a little bit is one thing, right? A little bit mm. of jealousy can inspire some motivation, but a lot of it is not, not so great. I mean, no. you know, so I think going back to what you're talking about, it's like this element of mindfulness is really important. And, and so what I'm hearing you say really, and this is what we focus on a lot in cognitive behavioral therapy is, um, 
just taking notice of when there is a mood shift that we're experiencing mm. and we notice like all of a sudden we're going from like cool, calm and collected to all of a sudden we're feeling that pang of like jealousy or um, sadness or anger, whatever it is. Um, it's very important to increase your sense of self-awareness around those mood shifts by, you know, taking pause and kind of asking yourself, like, what just happened? Why did this right. just happen? Like, how did this just happen? And also just saying like, okay, wait, I need to label this. Like, I need to label this thought, label this emotion. What just went down here? Um, because it forces us to explore what our values are. And it also, mm. it forces us to explore if, if our actions and our values are aligned or not. Yeah, that's true. It is. When it's the pace that we live in today's day and age doesn't often allow us to take that time. And I know until I was probably late twenties, maybe early thirties. So it's very recent y'all. Um, I didn't know how to take that time. I didn't know, like, if you asked me what I was feeling on any given day throughout my life, like there are very few of them that I can tell you strong emotions. There are very few of them that I can tell you. I took a moment to take in my surroundings because most of my life I've spent just going through the paces, trying to keep up with what was expected of me, mm -hmm. trying to do the things that needed to be done and not really taking any time to acknowledge or even um, be aware of how the things around me were impacting me or making me feel. So, I mean, that's, that is a skill and something that needs to be taught early in life. I agree. I agree. And actually, you know, I will say I do, I have noticed that various school systems across the country have, have upped their ante whenever it comes to SEL, social emotional learning in the mm. school systems. Like you do see more schools that are starting to teach like um, mindfulness, for example, um, which I have been really impressed by because I definitely think it's long overdue at this stage, but sure. it does help us tune into things because the reality is, is that when we are comparing ourselves to others, that also affects like our sense of self-concept and like, and how we view the world, how yep. we view ourselves, our, the expectations that we put out there into the world um, of ourselves and others. And it can really just influence whether it be our, our, our past and how we view our past or our current situation. Sure. But e even worse, it can affect like how we're viewing our future. So we can kind of like manifest whatever it is that we're telling ourselves is going to happen. So you definitely want to check in on those mood shifts, because if you're not, and you're thinking like you've got some low vibrating energy going on, well, shit, that's what your future is going to look like. And so fortunately, yeah. and this is the beautiful part is that we have a choice. <laughs> Imagine that we get a choice. We have a choice. I love, I love options. <laughs> I do. It's so funny. I, that is something that I tell Eric all the time. I adore options. I very much dislike being painted into a corner of no options and just having to do something because it has to be done. Give me two options and you'll just make my day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, well, that's just it as human beings and even little kiddos, we all yes. like to have a sense of decision-making and control. So when there's options, it enhances our perception of decision-making and control. So, you know, who knew? <laughs> who, who 
new. And I would, I want to circle back to one thing that you said earlier, just because like a parent's perspective, go for it. There's no script in this. I've yeah, (laughs) never is y'all seriously. Um, (laughs) I'm, I am excited that schools are starting to work this into their curriculum. However, I think that a large part of that responsibility needs to be in the parents' hands. I think that I have two children that are three and five, and we talk a lot about emotions. We talk a lot about feelings. We talk a lot about identifying root cause of emotions. And they're basic level conversations at this point because my children are young, but my hope is that as they grow, they are emotionally able to handle life because it is not getting easier as time goes on. And while I am grateful that schools are starting to work that into their curriculum, I want to encourage parents, grab a book, grab a podcast, watch a YouTube video, start talking to your kids about emotions and labeling and digging into this work now, not, you know, when they're 16. (laughs) No, it's, it's true though. You're absolutely right. And I guess that's just it is that, you know, when we, when we look at the generational gap, we don't know what we don't know. And this is where, you know, cycles continue generational cycles among you know where we're starting to repeat whatever our parents did because maybe our parents didn't know any better or they haven't done the work and Mm -hmm. you know i would actually say we're you know you and i are very grateful in the sense that we've been able to uh choose yes choose uh and have the awareness to choose to do the work and to continue doing the work so that we don't you know so that we can break those cycles and also ensure in future generations we're not having them repeat the cycle so um i think that's a that's definitely i think it does start in the home and there's many homes at least you know i I do i am an in-home therapist yeah (laughs) and so i i being in the homes you see that oftentimes like there's so many basic elements of, you know, emotional attunement and regulation and predictability Mm. and consistency that are missing in homes that do uh, affect the way a child is brought up, you know, significantly. I, I, I cannot overstate that point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's hard. It parenting is hard. Regulating emotions is hard. All of it is a challenge, but you get to choose your heart, right? Because at some point rubber's going to meet the road and you're going to have to figure that crap out. So <laughs> have the hard conversation now, figure out what you need to do as far as working on your own stuff so that you can help your kids have different issues than what you have. This is my goal as a parent. Like, I know I'm not going to raise perfect humans. My goal is to raise humans that are kind, respectful, compassionate, empathetic, and have different issues than I have. (laughs) There's always going to be problems and issues and things. I mean, it's true. It's true. Just like when we were talking um, to Jay last week about, you know, the parenting aspect of things, he's like, how do you know when you've become a, like, how do you know whenever you've, you know, been successful as a parent? And it's like, well, you don't, you, don't. <laughs> you just hope, you just hope that you, you, you do, do the best, best that you can. Yes, um, absolutely. And so, you know, tying it back to the beginning of this, when we're talking about jealousy and envy and yeah. all of that, um, it's just that, you know, when we take time to get to know ourselves like that, just on a human mm-hmm. level as adults, um, it, it can inspire a growth mindset. And that is kind of like the, you know, we would talk about the, the, 
bare bones basics of creating a new foundation for yourself to create a new life and also to ensure that your children are not going to repeat your your shit right <laughs> um yeah. it's kind of checking in with yourself and having some mindfulness around that and well and even if you don't have kids right like you your yeah, vibration your energy <laughs> But you, the work is still relevant and sure, the, the exercise is still relevant because you have the opportunity to change the energy of the world around you, right? Just mm -hmm. because like, if we take our relationship, for example, we circle all the way back around. I impacted your life negatively because <laughs> of my like internal struggles and inability to see you as like a partner or a, um, a friend, an ally, an enemy, like an ally. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. I, like, was, you see I was perceived as an enemy, not an ally. Yeah. And <laughs> like, I look back and my goal in high school, my primary goal was to fly under the radar to just like survive, to get through and to move on to the next thing. And like anything perceived as a threat to that ability to do those things. I was just like, no, thank you. Like, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna just shut this down and not go down that path. But as I have grown as a human, as I have done my own heart work, as I have figured out, like the world is not necessarily against us. Um, our perception creates problems in the world. Oh, hell around. yes. Yeah. Hell yes. A hundred percent. Like one of my favorite sayings, I have no idea who said this, but I just have the visual in my mind is like, um, the difference in perception in terms of, uh, what's the difference between a, uh, a flower and a weed it's perception. Hmm. And I love that because it's so, it's such a simple way to connect to the reality of how much perception does influence the way that we view the world. <laughs> so what you're saying is I thought I was pulling a weed out of my garden and I actually pulled a beautiful flower out of it. <laughs> Depends on who you ask, Amber. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. This is my perception. So, um, it now, but our perception us, is a reality. I mean, that that's, yes. that's just it is that it does dictate how we choose to live our lives. Um, yes. and so if we want to be angry and kind of holding grudges and just being shitty, then that's our choice. That's our choice. Uh, it's but not that, a good one. I don't recommend that one. No, zero stars. <laughs> no, thank you. Zero stars. 10 out of 10 do not recommend. Now, lucky for us, thankfully for us, we about what a year or so ago at this point decided to reconnect. We actually end up, this is going to be amusing because we went on a hike. I don't, you remember our hike, me, that's, you, and Eric. That's right. It was the three of us. <laughs> and on this hike. Which is actually so funny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I, it's just hilarious to me for so many reasons. But on this hike, I will never, ever forget. You mentioned to me, like at the midway point, you said something about enjoying being around high vibration people. Mm -hmm. And it struck me because so much of my life had been lived being that low vibration person and being among low, like low frequency people Yeah, that it was a moment where I actually stopped to take, um, kind of an assessment of the people I was around and how I was acting around people. So oh, that was yeah. like, it is one moment in my life where I can say definitively, I did stop to take that minute to say, wow, we've come a long way as people, as individuals 
to now have a high frequency friendship. Now at that point we were just sort of feeling each other out, you know, figuring out if we could coexist. Sure. (laughs) I mean, but I do think it's important to take inventory because that's just it is that the goal in life is, is to grow and to expand and to do better Mm. and to, to put, you know, goodness out into the universe and hope that it returns back to you. You know, the idea of karma. Well, I don't know if you believe it or not, but I do. So (laughs) I believe in karma. So just do, just do a good job. Be nice. Be kind. (laughs) I've told you once, I'll tell you again, my goal, do no harm. (laughs) Like I just, I want to be a good person. I want to be a contributing member of society. I want to raise children that do not grow up to be jerks. And I want to have fun along the way. So if that fits into karma, so be it. But I think um, if you dig down to enough of the spirituality of the different um, religions and uh, thought processes, a lot of that is interconnected and just has different names. So. Oh, sure. (laughs) Sure. But I do remember our hike and it was, um, it was nice just because I knew, and actually the way that we did start talking again, just in general was through your health coaching. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's actually how we, we did. Cause I, I was just sitting here thinking like, wait a minute, how did we connect like, before the happen? hike? Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and it was actually through your health coaching, um, that I was like, I was taking notice of Amber on social media, like this girl is not the same girl that I remember. Like, <laughs> well, you thought, let's be fair. You thought, okay, either she's faking it or she's a different person, right? Absolutely. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, th- yeah. There's no bullshit there. I absolutely thought either <laughs> she's faking it or she's really changed. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking, you know, let's, let's see what this is all about. And so we actually did meet up. I wanted to get to know her with what she did with health coaching and the nutritional wellness stuff that she's into. And, um, when we met at that time, it was clear as day to me that you were a different human being. Like it to I me, that. I mean, tr- to me, I was like, you are not, you are not the same person that I met. Like you, you don't even look the same. Like you're not <laughs> well, even the yeah. same person. <laughs> like, no, I, yes. On all accounts. Yes. And I'm grateful for that. And I will take that compliment because I prefer <laughs> the, the Amber of today than yeah. the Amber of high school age. Right. I mean, well, I mean, we all change, but yeah. hopefully we all grow, you know, that's just it. And, and so you, Amen. Ha- you yes. were someone that like, as soon as I started talking to you, I was like, well, sh- well, daggone, like you, you actually are the real deal. Like you've, you are not the same person that I remember. And so it was actually really cool to go on a hike and to be with Eric and to be able to like shoot the shit. And yeah. there's no animosity, no jealousy, no tension in the air. Um, it was just very cool. And it was like, okay, that is, that's, that shows like, that's a testament to the growth process, I think between both of y'all and just as individuals as well. So it was just like really cool. And I knew that, you know, probably we would be friends, uh, probably forever. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're stuck with me now. Like, I don't actually think that, um, you have any chance out of this. So sorry. And you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) well i i was gonna say i was gonna say thank you but i guess i guess we already covered that terrain uh yes um i do think that coming back to kind of what we're talking about right ultimately our impact on society and the choice that we have in that and Mm -hmm. i want to make a motion to remove 
using I'm jealous as like a comedic relief, right? Because I think that creates, and you kind of alluded to this before, but it plants a seed in your heart and it plants a seed in your mind that Mm. now there's a divide between you and that other person. So even if it's said in jest, even if it's said like, you know, Lindsay gets to do something really cool and I'm jealous of it. Or like, I can think of one that I've said recently to you that I'm jealous of your incredible wardrobe, right? Like, oh my gosh. And yet I I never leave the house. So I don't even get to wear the incredible wardrobe. (laughs) Dude, neither do I. Um, so there's no reason for me to say something like that because yeah, I'm not you can just borrow like, it. Exactly. I can just borrow it. <laughs> you know, I just hop a train, make it happen. Make a um, <laughs> I'll mail it. I don't want to get on a plane. Um, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously like that at the very minimum, I am going to make a commitment to myself to remove that from my vocabulary and mm-hmm. to remove that as like a barrier even in comedy, or even if it seems innocent, because I do think that it causes a divide and it causes a rift and it opens up for that negative energy to come into your life. And you know, that's actually so interesting that you're saying this because while it's true, there's also another thing that is true. And that's just the fact that jealousy is more socially acceptable. I mean, it's just more socially acceptable yet. Um, I know I was saying this to you previously, while jealousy is more socially acceptable than like envy, Mm, um, it tends to have more dire consequences associated with it, uh, in the sense of like, (laughs) I know maybe, maybe, maybe not with the wardrobe aspect, but like, if you think about the context of romantic relationships, right. When we go back to Mm. thinking about February and Valentine's day and love and how things are supposed to look, um, I believe that jealousy can come with some dire consequences, particularly Mm. in the sense that research has shown that when there is jealousy, there's, there tends to be more problem drinking involved, or there tends to be more interpersonal violence while drinking. Um, there's been some correlations shown with that. And that was something that again, tying back to Brene Brown's book, this is something that she actually mentions in there that I was really glad was highlighted because, um, it jealousy is dangerous, frankly. Yeah. It can become very, very dangerous and escalated if you do not watch out for it. And and obviously with it being February, we do we're gonna be touching on different types of relationships. Mm, but yeah. later this month we are gonna be discussing um Essentially, we'll have a guest speaker on who will share her story about um, being in a domestic violence relationship. And frankly, you know, a lot of that stuff does derive from this feeling of jealousy. And yet we are so quick in society to to normalize jealousy Mm -hmm. as being Mm -hmm. acceptable. And we are so quick to... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. It's okay. Um, I was just thinking like how in society we are so quick to normalize aspects of jealousy as it pertains to feeding trauma bonds, Mm. codependency, um, you know, really kind of obsessively feeling attached and interconnected to that partner as a part of your identity. Um, And, you know, whether it be like, partners having their location services turned on or their, I don't know, now they make like GPS rings or, you know, like, I'm sorry, what? 
you know, like, yes, like same with like Apple watches and stuff like that, or like the little tracking devices you can just slip in or whatever. Like, I just feel like these kind of behaviors, there's an element of jealousy while it's socially acceptable. It's almost like we're watching society normalize it in a way that is super unhealthy. I think, yes, very unhealthy, yeah. but also like incredibly risky. Yeah. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, I just saw this week that people were putting, um, I think they're called air tags or something Yes, like, that's uh, the on little... their children and sending their children to school with them. Like seemingly this is a safety thing. This is mm. like, this way I know where my child is yeah. this way, you know, whatever, but I can see how that could become unhealthy. I can also see how it can be a healthy, like security measure because mm -hmm. even, um, so many years ago, I traveled for work and I went from being a very sheltered individual who basically just drove to work and school and home for the majority of my life. And this is into adulthood, into marriage. Mm -hmm. And I was in my twenties, took a sales position. And suddenly I was jet setting all over the U S and I was getting into Ubers and I was getting into lifts and I was getting into cabs never thought anything of it. I never had any GPS service attached to me no, for all intents and purposes. Nobody knew where I was while I was traveling for work. And I think as a parent, I'm like, mm -hmm. holy crap, like <laughs> how stupid of an idea was this that nobody could have tracked me down? How useful would it have been if someone had, you know, an air tag or if I had GPS service on oh my, my phone, which like, so I go back through all of these things and I'm like, but then the scarcity mindset and that fear and that trauma, it all starts to creep back in. And I'm like, this is how it starts. This is how we go from what's a safe and like healthy boundary to taking mm -hmm. it to extremes and being very unhealthy and being untrusting and all of those that you're talking about. Yeah. I'm actually, I was sitting here kind of laughing about your, the, the sales that, you know, the jet setting thing. Cause I used to work for an international travel company and my ass would travel all over the world. I mean, I traveled yeah. all over the world. I didn't have GPS on me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And I remember even in, when we were in high school, actually, when we were in high school, there was um, a school trip that went overseas. It was like, um, I don't know, see like six to eight different countries or something in Europe. And instead of a car, I wanted to invest in going on this trip. That's the company I later ended up got, got a job with to move to Boston to work for. So, oh, very cool. Okay. Um, it all came full circle. Oh yeah, it did. But I remember when, when we were in, actually in high school and I went on this trip, um, I kept separating myself from the group. And of course you did <laughs> because I would meet like these strangers. Oh yeah. Well you, I mean, we've already, of course you did. Yeah, <laughs> of course you did. I do. You're I meet surprised. just random people. I have so much fun, like meeting locals or like, just, I don't know. You just meet the coolest people in random places. And I have been like, oh, I'm sorry. My whole life. You meet, you meet the coolest people in random places. The rest of us <laughs> do not share this experience. Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's <laughs> stupidity or joy. I don't know, but <laughs> I have met so many neat people by just kind of, I don't know, bebopping around, just kind of seeing what happens next. Well, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's worked so far. We're both safe. We're fine. Everything's I fine. I mean, there's been some, <laughs> there's been some hella risky situations I've got myself into as a result of some of these 
antics, but, um, and probably when GPS location services probably would have been helpful, but <laughs> yeah, we'll probably cover that in a later episode. <laughs> well, just, you know, being overseas and stuff. I remember like when, when we were in high school, um, this was like, shortly after or maybe when the investigation was still going on but do you remember the natalie hollowell or holloway yes. case i can't yes. remember her last name but she had gone missing in an island i think it might have been i don't know if it was a school trip or what i can't remember all the details but i just remember i my teacher would get so furious with me because there i was like 16 17 years old like you know, slipping into a random meandering away can you imagine being I... a teacher having to keep up with you though like I mean, I did kind of feel bad for her, but the bars allowed 16 year olds to go in. So why wouldn't I go in? Like, what the hell? <laughs> well, and this is where you got to be a 16 year old and be, you know, frivolous or um, not frivolous, but you got to have the adventure and it was the teacher's job to worry about it. And so, I mean, you know, oh, well, this yeah, is life. because cognitively, I felt like I knew what I was doing and I was fully grown and I had my yes. shit together. Right. Because that's what we think when we're 16 and 17 years old. But, you know, the truth is our brain is not fully developed until we're 25. So. <laughs> Shocking. It, it, yeah, it's amusing to me. So you bring that up. This is sort of a tangent. But I remember being 16 and looking at 25 year olds thinking, wow, like they've got all their stuff together. They know what they're doing. They have a job. They do the things like this is, I'm going to know what I'm doing when I'm 25. And then I got to 25 and I was like, Hey, where's the adult? Like, who is the adult? Am I the adult? Am I the person in charge? Like, yeah, cue the terrified, like stunned deer in headlights because I did not need to be in charge. (laughs) (laughs) We, We are all in charge of our own lives, but it's true. We grow up pretty darn fast and it's important to just And I, again, that's why I cannot, um, emphasize the value in mindfulness and kind of like checking in with yourself, checking in with where you are, you know, and, and ask yourself, am I where I want to be in life? Like, is this, am I living the life that I want for myself or am I constantly holding grudges or feeling just um, jealous or hating on somebody or whatever it is where it's just like, if you're a part of the problem, you gotta just choose to fix it. (laughs) Yeah. Stop being a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a great rule in life. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Hey, I like it. That's just the tagline. Don't be an asshole. This is the goal in life. There you go. I mean, it seems simple (laughs) enough, but for whatever reason, it's a really hard rule to adhere to nowadays for people. Bless. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that, I think. And I, I thought of something earlier while you were talking and we were um, kind of going on the fact that society normalizes and kind of celebrates jealousy and envy and all of these things. And um, you're more in the loop than I am on current television shows and things of that nature. But I feel like every time I turn the TV on, which for the record is rare, um, but when I, I think do it's funny, I think it's funny that you think I'm up to date in that, but keep well, going more so than more so than me. Like you've actually seen the bachelor, right? Okay. Fair. But it has I'm been on you, for set, it has been on for 20 years. Okay. <laughs> I set the bar low here. Like TV is not my forte. Um, but I do what's interesting to me and sticks out to me, the shows that appear to be most popular have the most instances of jealousy, envy, um, comparison, oh, yeah. competition. It's that drama and that inherent oh, yeah. chaos factor that is what we seem to gravitate towards as humans. Right. Cause it's that, it's that I want to be like you, but better it's that competition. 
It's I want to compare. I don't want to be better than anyone else. And it's competition me against me of yesterday and just trying to do a little bit better than I did. Yep. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't have, I don't have the time to compete, compete with other people. I don't have the emotional capacity to compete with other people. I am here as just a person trying to bring light and good and kindness back to the world. <laughs> yeah. I just have no interest. I honestly, yeah. I'm, I, I feel like my plate is so full with so many different things. I don't have any interest and it's like, I cannot be bothered with your bullshit. Next. Next. I love it. I think we'll leave off on this because it has brought me the most joy this week. One of the most trending audios or reels or like items on social media right now is this whole drink water and mind my business little snip. And the videos people are putting out of like drinking water and minding my own business are hilarious. And I'm just sitting here like in my chair clapping, like, yes, more of this. Let's drink water. Let's hydrate ourselves. Let's mind our own business. And let's not be so um, mean and ill, like mean spirited to one another. And hopefully that will pull the jealousy and the envy and the comparison a little bit out of the mix, at least for right. a little Maybe while. we just need water. Maybe we need less alcohol, more water. Well, that's <laughs> true. There's not a maybe there. That one is true. <laughs> and then we can, that will solve all of our problems. <laughs> well, I would like to agree with that. It's a good start. It's a good start to solving the world problems. Drink some water and be nicer. Yes. I mean, we yeah. can start there. That's cool. To ourselves and others, right? Because we can't, like that self-love piece of it is important too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with well, you. my friend, it has been very fun chatting with you today about all things envy, jealousy, comparison, and just our Phoenix story of just rising together and becoming better people. <laughs> yep. We made it. I'm pretty proud of us. I'm pretty proud <laughs> of us too. Yeah. So anyway, thanks guys for tuning in to this very informal episode of what the Fox podcast. And, uh, we look forward to hearing from you, hopefully through email. Um, we still, yes, we do, are taking, um, guest speaker request, or if there's anyone that would like to share their story, we love to have people on and just have them, um, talk about where they shifted in their life and decided to break their own barriers, um, or their family culture barriers. I love hearing those stories. Absolutely. Um, so you can email us at what the Fox tales, T A L E S at gmail.com. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye y'all. And we all say everything is going to be just fine. It's going to fall into place. The sun is going to set on your terrible day.